Welcome to the Relentless Minds podcast with Lori Jimenez, a platform where influential entrepreneurs get real and share their stories of challenges in life that they've had to face head on and conquer in order to be where they are today. Here, you'll get an inside look at the adversities that these individuals have experienced or are currently dealing with, in addition to their opinions on real life matters and philosophies in life. Most importantly, you'll learn what it takes to have a relentless mind so that you too can stay headstrong in your pursuit of a better future. In this podcast, you're going to get 100% authenticity from people that have figured out how to beat the noise that society creates and have a higher level of self-mastery. Hi, welcome back to my podcast, Relentless Minds, a platform where influential entrepreneurs share their stories of overcoming personal challenges to give you, my listeners, inspiration to keep discovering your potential. Today, I have with me Greg Helbeck. Greg is a real estate investor based out of California who does wholesale and wholesale investing in New York and in the Dallas, Texas market. Greg, thank you so much for being here today with me. Oh, thanks. Pleasure. I did want to ask you um, to start off, can you elaborate a little bit more on what this wholesale and wholesale real estate is for the listeners who don't know what it is? Yeah, so I got started uh, doing it about three years ago. Uh, it's a way to basically control property with low to no money down and uh, turn around and sell these properties without doing a lot of work to them and, and making substantial profits. So it's, it's essentially just buying low and selling high. It's a great business if you want to get started in real estate. Uh, I don't think you'll become a billionaire doing it. Uh, if you want to do that, you're going to have to get involved in more bigger deals and commercial stuff. But it's a great way to get started. Uh, pretty popular for people who are new. And it's a great way to learn the business. And I've been doing it for the last uh, like three years now. So it's been uh, very nice. It's been not easy, but that's kind of my uh, business uh, on the day-to-day side. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So three years, that's that's a pretty good amount of time. I also noticed that you read a lot. So I saw on um, your social media, which is an amazing thing that you do. And then it's, you know, you just share these, uh, like you post videos of takeaways for different different books that you read. And I want to ask you, what inspired that? Yeah, I think it, it's like a lot of things that I've had where I've had a lot of success. Uh, I just didn't really try. Like, I wouldn't say I tried too hard. Uh, I, I just, you know, I read a lot. I've been a big reader. It's kind of how I got started with everything. I started reading books when I was younger. And, um, you know, I've read a lot of books and they've helped me a lot. They've produced, you know, a lot of money in our businesses. And mm. I figured, hey, if I can, uh, you know, take one nugget or takeaway and, and, and put that on the internet, it's like a minute clip someone likes it, yeah. they read that book. If that book could change your life from watching some silly video that I put out there, I mean, it's, it can't hurt. And also a reason I did it is for, uh, for credibility reasons. I mean, uh, just kind of branding myself, putting some, some sort of value out there, not taking too much time and then being able to kind of uh, provide some value in the marketplace. And um, that's kind of how I got started. I just kind of fiddled around one day and I guess they, I wouldn't say they took off, but we getting some, uh, some pretty good feedback on them, sort of a pleasant surprise. Awesome. So I'll keep them coming for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I was looking at a few of them and like of all the ones that you did, there were like six of the books that I really, it really impacted me or at least like what you were giving like a little tidbit of information. And so I like put them in my, in my little, my cart for Amazon and purchase them. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. yeah. And that's what you want to do, right? You want to inspire people and encourage them for that to, to, to read into uh, like all of these books. There was one of them, Max Out Your Life by Ed Milet. Oh, I love that book. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. You were saying like the building up your confidence by making promises to yourself and then keeping those promises. That's yeah. a big thing. Yeah. Um, I was actually doing that um, the other day. I was, I had like this goal, right? This goal that I set for myself for the day. And then 
Um, at the end of the day, I didn't get any closer to it just because, you know, I was distracted. I distracted myself, right? And I felt like discouraged. And I was like, why am I feeling so discouraged? And it was because of that. It was because I made that promise to myself and I didn't keep it. And so um, that's one of the books I'm going to really look into. And so I, I, did had a, I did have a question for you. Did you always have this sort of growth mindset? Um, no, or was absolutely that not. Not, okay. No. Can you talk um, a little bit about that? I, was a, I wouldn't say I was a degenerate, but I was definitely a little lost. I think everyone's lost, but I was super lost. Um, wasn't a very good student. I mean, I became a good student in college once I kind of changed my mindset, but I was kind of a, uh, wasn't the smartest guy in high school. I definitely, uh, wasn't like failing every great class, but just kind of, you know, C student, B student, uh, didn't really try too hard. If, if something didn't interest me, I never really cared about it. Hmm. Um, like in school, like if I liked something, I'd get good at it. If I didn't like it, I would just completely discard it and not even like, you know, pay any attention to it. So definitely didn't have this growth mindset when I was younger. I think, um, I started picking it up in hockey. I skateboarded and snowboarded a lot when I was really young and, and I just always kind of got obsessed with that. But then once I had to shift to something else, I, uh, got involved in, in competitive hockey. I guess it started, I guess that might've planted the seed, but, uh, definitely wasn't anything like crazy that I was aware about. I wasn't reading or anything. I was just kind of you know, figuring it out uh, on my own. Definitely, I probably started adapting this in the last uh, three or four years as I got more involved in, you know, personal development business and, and just kind of being more intentional about things. Mm-hmm. And you were in, you were um, actually pursuing hockey passionately and aggressively, right? Can, I uh, was. Ha- yeah, and what happened with that? Yeah, I just, just wasn't good enough to get to the level I wanted to get to. I wanted to get to the pros, and I tried to, you know, I was, like, obsessed with it, and it just didn't work out. I, I just wasn't good enough. I wasn't old enough. I wasn't young. I was too old. So, like, in hockey, oh. basically, like, there's only a certain window where you have to, like, perform and get to the next level because once you get to a certain age limit, like, there's a cutoff, and oh. then, you know, you got to go to college or go to the pros. So I just really was too old, and I was – I just certainly didn't – I didn't have the talent. Like, I, I was – driven and I worked hard, but I just didn't work smart. I wasn't effective and I just Hmm. wasn't good enough to get to the next level. And it was a painful pill to swallow in the beginning, but that, you know, obviously taught me a lot about things and, um, you know, about myself and, and, you know, just discipline, consistency, uh, working smart versus working hard because I worked really hard, but I don't think I was very effective. I was probably working hard in the wrong uh, areas, but yeah, definitely kind of disappointed me when that kind of that, that uh, chapter, I guess, in my life closed. I didn't really know what I was going to do after that. I was really, really lost at the time and uh, wasn't wasn't a great time, but uh, it was able to kind of figure it out uh, after some reflecting and, and, you know, thinking and whatnot. Yeah. And what, like, so you were, how long were you pursuing hockey to get into the, you were trying to get into the National Hockey League, right? Well, I was trying. I wasn't very close, but. uh, (laughs) Well, that's a uh, good goal. Yeah, it was. It was. I got farther than I thought, actually, yeah. Yeah, I got a lot farther than I thought. I was surprised a lot of the times so on like, and I didn't even think I was that good. It was just kind of like, I was just surprised. I was like, oh crap, oh, I'm going this way. Oh, cool, cool. It was just kind of surprising, but probably four or five years, I was like really into it. High school and then college. In between high school and then in between high school and college, I I was super into it, like obsessed with it. You know, every day, it's all I cared about, like hockey. That's it. I didn't you know, hang out with my friends maybe, but all my mm-hmm. friends were hockey players. So it really mm-hmm. wasn't uh, <laughs> too hard to, to deviate from yeah. the normal so that was about four or five years wow. of my life I was really pushing that hard four or five years and then what was that experience like when you were like cut off and basically um you realized that that dream that you had and you were you know pursuing for all those years was was no longer going to become 
reality. Yeah. So um, basically, like it kind of was like, it, like I thought I was not going to be able to play, and then like, I kind of get called back to play, and then I thought I was, and then I get cut, and then I'd go back. It was kind of like a seesaw. So basically, what happened was I played in Boston, and I really surprisingly made that team, and I was shocked about that. But I ended up going up there, and had, I started the year really well. Um, and then I just, my confidence, it was all mental, honestly, at the end of the day, it was all this mental stuff, like, you know, just get in my own head and, and stuff like that. But played up there, didn't have a very good year, but for some reason I still thought I could go to the next level. And I went up to Canada and tried out and like made the first cut. And then, like I said, I was just shocked that even happened. Like at half the time, I just was like, I didn't even believe it. It was just, I was like telling my parents, I could keep going back to Canada. And they're like, are you serious? What? So oh. I keep going and I went up there and I thought like at the final camp, I was going to get cut. Like it was like weird. I had like a bad mindset, but I thought I was going to, cause that just was realistic. Like I'm a yeah. super like realistic person. Like I'm positive and everything, but I'm super realistic. Like I don't BS a lot. If you probably talk to me for more than 20 minutes, you could tell that. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, made this team and then I played in a preseason game. And then after that, I got cut and I thought it was over. And then I was driving back and I called another coach and I was like, I, I need to play again. So he's like, can you come back up the next week and play another preseason game? Then I did that played really well surprisingly I think I had some points and then I thought I was gonna make the team and then I got cut so then uh, I went back to Canada um and then I went back to Boston and played on a, in a in a league that I didn't want to play in because it wasn't a great league uh and then I was there for like a month and I just realized I was spinning my wheels up there and I just said this is just stupid like I need to just go to college and, and quit this and just be honest with myself so mm-hmm. I actually packed up my stuff uh, in the middle of the day on like a Sunday afternoon and uh, everyone in my like house where I was living, like they were happened to not be there. So I, pack, I literally packed all my stuff up and drove and never went back. Like it was crazy. I called my mom and I was like, Hey, I'm just coming home. I have everything packed and uh, I'll see you in about two hours. So it was just like abrupt. I just knew it was like, I just like, volu- like, I think I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to like have someone like cut me. So um, I think I'd rather like voluntarily, voluntarily cut myself. And I just like yeah. figured like what I was doing, like just wasn't very effective. Hmm. And I was just going to spin my wheels another year and postpone college another year and it just I had to be honest with myself and I really just was kind of like you know what at this point you know I'm 20 or however old I was 19 or 20 and I just said this is like I got to just cut the cut the cord on this thing and and take my losses and it's kind of like a bad real estate deal you get into a deal and sometimes you try to save it and he's like you might as well just take your haircut now so you don't go to the bank support later so So that's how I looked at it yeah so you left that and then you went to to college yeah, I went to community college for two years, and then I went to a four-year school, but I didn't go there. I like I didn't go away. I commuted. Yeah. So I just started the real estate game uh, when I was in community college. I saved mm-hmm. a bunch of. I didn't I actually didn't save any money. I was poor, um, but I didn't get in any debt to go to college because I stayed home. So I was um, kind of learning how to do this investing business uh, as I was in college. So it kind of worked out to my advantage. I didn't have to really make money for two years or three years. So I was able to spin my wheels in real estate and um kind of just go from there so that's that's how I kind of how I got started in this whole thing wow so you went from an aspiring NHL player to a real estate investor yeah in like a matter of six months yep yeah that's crazy just like that like no waiting yeah yeah what's the point right what's the point of waiting and so that whole experience having to leave it that triggered this growth mindset right I would say that that was like the seed uh, I definitely didn't do anything that I did now back when I played. I didn't have the best habits. Uh, I just wasn't aware of a lot of things, and I'm still not aware of a lot of things, but like I do now, I uh, just really was kind of um, 
I don't know. I was, I, I just was focused on hockey. I didn't really know anything about mindset or anything. I just kind of figured like, Hey, I'm just going to try hard. And if it works, it works. If not, you know, oh, well, mm-hmm. so I really didn't start picking up on the, the re I think I, I started reading in between hockey and, and real estate investment. I started reading a few books. I read this one book called Wheat Minds. And he, you know, just like, I actually bought the book to try to get better at hockey. I just bought the book completely by accident. I didn't even like try it. I just bought it on Amazon one day. This looks cool. And I read it and it was like the craziest thing ever. And it changed my life. And I read it like 17 times. So now I really? have a whole book like tattooed in my head. Yeah. So what can book. you tell us about that book that, that really changed your perspective? Yeah. It just like kind of talked about how powerful your mind is and like how like your mind kind of controls everything. And a lot, and it was the, like a sports psychologist wrote it, so I got it when I was playing huh. hockey to see if, because I was just trying to find anything that gave me the advantage because I was struggling. You know, it helped me in hockey, and I kind of read it after I was done playing hockey, so I just kind of took whatever I learned and I applied it to like, you know, wasn't really business at the time. It was like just reading and being consistent and understanding how powerful your mind is. Uh, and really, that's just kind of the paradigm of the book. Like, your mind is really powerful, and it's like pretty much dictates like your success or failure because uh, your mind controls your action, and your action obviously controls your, you know, your results or productivity. Mm-hmm. So that was a real good book that I kind of just, like I said, found it kind of randomly on Amazon. It wasn't like I was hunting it out or anything. It kind of found me. It's kind of a wall of attraction, I guess. You know? Yeah, definitely. But you read that book 17 times. Oh, probably. I mean, if you just take over the last like three years, I, I read a lot of books over. Like I don't like, I'm not a big believer in like reading a book once. Like I read books over and over uh, and over and over and over, and over. So I don't know, probably 17 times. I mean, I don't have like the, the thing counted, but it's, it's, it has to be up there because i studied that thing I have two copies and they're both like destroyed like highlighted and audiobooks well you definitely have that that growth mindset and you're really ambitious and so like from where you were I mean I can see it throughout that time from when you were like pursuing hockey and even though you say like I wasn't doing things right my mind my mind wasn't right I was you know realistic and kind of like pessimistic in a way you were still always like going for it going like you're a go-getter you know and so and that carry that's carried on until now I mean I know you know, that in real estate, you're basically, you've built up this company on your own, right? Velocity House Fires. And you're, you're growing that business three years in the running. That's awesome. Yeah, so, it's not been easy. It's been hard, but it's been really fun. And it's just a big, it's like a big roller coaster being an entrepreneur. It's like, once you do it for a little while, you kind of realize it's just it's up days, down days and neutral days. Most days are neutral. So it's just kind of day in the life. You're going to have your great days where like, you think you're a billionaire. Uh, and then there's some days where you're just getting kicked in the face and I think when you do that for a while, at least a few years, and you see some success and then you experience some failure, you understand there's just that yin and the yang. And it's just it's just going to be like that no matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you've got a $100 million company or a $100,000 company like I do, like a smaller business right now. So I think it's just been a roller coaster. And every day, I just kind of get up and then I'm, I'm ready to, to roll my sleeves up and try to create value in the market and um, hopefully get rewarded for it. And if I don't learn from my failures and then get better. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this perspective that you have, like, you just got to go and you got to grind. What do you feel has helped you to continue to excel in life and like have that perspective, have that mindset of just like going for it? Probably in terms of excelling my results, it's just being super, super big on like productivity and doing the right things. Cause Mm -hmm. I had a really bad habit when I started where I would just spin my wheels and I would, wouldn't track my numbers and I would just I would do a lot of things that weren't necessary. I wouldn't schedule time for things that needed to get done that were urgent, that were like critical for the business to be successful or not. So over the, and I really just started doing this over the last year. I just, I'm so big on like time blocking my number one thing that needs to get done. And usually it's like four to five hours a day of real estate lead generation, money-making activities, whether that's finding deals or finding money. 
uh, or, or putting deals together, whether we're wholesaling or buying them, wiring, like just something scheduling time every day to have your high value priorities get done and, and track them and work really smart because you can work really hard and take massive action. And a lot of gurus are going to talk about that. And I agree with it to one on one side, but on the other side, I, I think that you can actually work less and do the right things and have better results than the person who's going to go out and do a bunch of silly stuff. That's going to get no results because the market doesn't care how hard you work. The market just cares of the value that you could bring it. So if you work really hard and you do the right things, you're going to have a, like exponential growth. If you work really hard and you do the wrong things, you're going to get really frustrated and you're eventually going to figure out what doesn't work. So then you can pivot your strategy and obviously be more effective. But mm -hmm. it's really about maximizing your time and maximizing your value and making sure when you're working and you're going to put that type of tough work in and go through those up days and down days and neutral days, you got to track your numbers and you got to have some sort of a game plan. Because if you're going to go out there and just start doing a bunch of random stuff, you're going to get really frustrated. And that's why I think a lot of entrepreneurs quit is because they, they don't understand like there's like two or three things you need to do that are essential. And if you do those things mm -hmm. well, you should be fine. Exactly. Uh, the rest of the stuff takes care of itself. Yeah. You've got to focus on the money-making activities. It's just so great. Well, that's the thing that. because like when you, and that's why a lot of people kind of push aside doing it, like starting if they have an idea, right. Of, of a business, it's like, it's yeah. overwhelming. You, if you think about all of these little things and then it's, it's kind of like you have to focus on what's going to get it moving, you know, what's going to get it in, moving in the right direction. Yeah. Um, that was kind of like the same thing with this, with this podcast of, that I was doing, you know, the first thing you got to do is reach out. Like, what do you need? You need people to interview. So that's yes. the first thing that goes out emails to people to interview and then everything else you figure out along the way. So that's it. Just, you gotta just having, take some action. Yeah. Know? Kind of having like three, three things, especially starting off, you know, starting off like maybe like three essential tasks that you have to complete that yes. are going to put you in the right, in the right path moving towards where you need to go. Right. And then worry about all the miscellaneous activities after that. But that's awesome. Yeah. You've got to figure it out too. Cause like I said, like your business is, I mean, you're, you're doing well, three years into it and you're already expanding into different markets. How is that? How are you able to manage that? Um, you know, I, I did that this year. I have mixed feelings about it. Um, I, it, it made sense at the time to do it. And right now we just have a lot of momentum in, in some of these remote markets I'm in. But at the same time, I think it, it kind of caused myself to really kind of get, I wouldn't say into a jam, but you know, we were making a lot of money this year just virtually doing deals. Um, and the market was super hot. I think it's cooling down now, but I just didn't really feel like I was, um, building something that was more like, I, I didn't feel like I was building something like long-term that I wanted to, to have. It was almost like I just kind of found a cool little ninja strategy on how to like do deals remotely and it worked and it still works if you put the work in. But I think I realized after doing that, I want to shift my business model to more, of a commercial buy and hold apartment building stuff like mm -hmm. that and and just kind of actually use the the active income wholesaling and wholetailing and whatever flips just just to make money to mm -hmm. build that other business because flipping is a great way to make money now but you're not going to get wealthy flipping houses even if you have a big business because if everyone quits then you're you're done and you have no assets so I think you have to really, I think a lot of people, and this is something I've made, I made this mistake for three years. I mean, I, I, I own property for like a month and then I sell it. So I, I definitely made the mistake of just flipping too much and not focusing on my wealth. And I think everyone gets in this business to have quote unquote passive income and wealth. Mm -hmm. And um, you can make a truckload of money flipping houses, but if, if, if you don't have wealth and assets that you own that pay you every month without you doing anything, 
Uh, I don't care how automated your business is. If everyone quits and the market tanks, you're, you're, you're not making money. So I think mm-hmm. I, I got really intentional on what type of business I wanted to build long-term and scale, scalability-wise. And um, going into that remote market uh, this year helped me make some substantial cash to move to California and, and support the lifestyle out here. And also, it kind of provided me with the confidence to say, like, hey, like, I just kind of rolled the dice going into Texas. I didn't really know much about it and just kind of mm-hmm. took action and tracked my numbers. And we started after a few months of getting some serious volume and then the, the thing started blowing up. But a lot of lessons for sure. I spent the whole couple of days last week in Palm Springs reflecting on the year, just kind of like get better and grow into 2019. So it's good things That's and bad awesome. things. That's awesome. Just going for it. And, you know, it makes me curious because you switched so drastically from going to like hockey, from hockey into like real estate. What made you start, like what planted the seed of possibly going into real estate all those years ago? I definitely did not want to be broke. Like I, I'm not, I don't come from a poor family. Like I don't come from a rich family or a poor family. I just come from like a regular, like middle-class, you know, dad was a cop. Mom is a teaching assistant, you know, like she, he's retired. She works as a teaching assistant. Like we don't have like truckloads of money, but we're not poor. And I, I just always kind of wanted to to do bigger things and you know not have money be an issue at all be able to kind of do what i want on my t- i like freedom i like freedom because i i, I was talking to my friend the other actually yesterday I, I like being able to have freedom because i don't want someone to tell me what to do like mm-hmm. i like working hard and i like my routines and my habits so i don't like go travel around and you know work at a coffee shop all day there's nothing wrong with that i just don't like doing that mm-hmm. but i like being able to do what i want if i want to schedule a week to go you know to, to colorado or something i just do that you know like I, I like the ability to have the freedom and deploy it whenever i want i don't like people telling me what to do and i want to make sure if i work really hard i'm going to make a ton of money because i think there's nothing wrong with having a job. It's completely fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But I think long term, I want to make sure when I'm working hard, like there's big exponential results that can come. Mm. And I just want to get rich, to be honest with you. I mean, just just get rich for the right reason. Like I, I just don't. I yep, think people yep. like try to like hide it. Like they say, no. I just want to. Get, I just like you know, just getting rich is kind of fun. And uh, the process, of like you know, you kind of see yourself kind of like grow. Like oh man, two years ago, this these are my problems today. Two years ago, I would have begged for these problems. Mm-hmm. And just kind of that that evolution um, and being able to just kind of getting better. I mean, when you get better in business, you know, I'm not some tycoon at all, but you understand that you're just understanding how to provide more value in the market. And, it, mm-hmm. and in a way, it's almost like it feels good. I don't know. It's not even the money. Like just, wow, I solved that problem. I bought that building. We turned around, we sold it. We created this value. It's just kind of fun. It's almost like a exactly. game. Yeah. Cause once you get past having to pay the bills, like you can pay your bills and stuff for a while, like you just kind of want to play the game. It gets a little mm-hmm. selfish. Um, so that, that I just think it's fun, honestly. I think real estate is a fun game. It's not easy, but it's almost like hockey, but you can play it until you're like 100. You know? <laughs> and there's so much growth potential too. Like you can yeah. go into so many different, there's wholesale, there's hotel, there's, you know, retail. It's amazing. There's so much potential there. And that's, um, you know, that was an inspiration personally too. So do you ever think about like, if you were to go down the hockey route, if you ended up staying as a player, like, do you, do you at all regret, you know, no. having gone into no. yeah. Not even a single, I just, I was a super real, I was super realistic about the situation. It was almost like a pipe dream from the get-go, but I, I kind of took it and I went farther than I thought. And I was just really honest with myself. Um, as much as I'd want to say like, oh, you know, I should have persisted. I, I'm a big believer also in strategic quitting when it makes sense to mm. quit. Like I'll give you an example. If you're doing a marketing strategy and you're spending a bunch of money every month and it's not working and you've done it for nine months, if you don't quit, you're going to go broke. So yeah 
strategic quitting is very important. I think understanding the difference, I think one of the hardest things for me and for a lot of people is understanding the difference or understanding that subtle gap of like when to quit something because it's the right thing to do and when to persist because if you keep persisting, mm-hmm. you're three feet from goal. I think if you can get good at that, I mean, that alone will, will do wonders for you. And I just, I mean, we had a house we just bought a couple of weeks ago and like we followed up with this guy and just the, the subtle thing of just following up with this guy a few extra times a week, you know, landed us like a massive profit. So like just that little subtle razor's edge difference uh, mm-hmm. and understanding when to apply it is, is super powerful. I'll give you another example. I, I went into another market. I thought I was Mr. Virtual Wholesale and I was the king. And, you know, I tried to get involved in another market and I just, it was harder than I thought. And I kind of, I knew it was going to be hard, but the laws were different there. And I just worked like a dog for a couple of weeks. And I'm like, this is stupid. Like, why am I going to do it? Like, this is just not smart right now. I could be doing other things that'll make me more money. So we ended up getting like one property under contract. We'll mm-hmm. see where that goes. But just, just mm-hmm. understanding sometimes the best thing to do is quit. But you want to make sure you're quitting the right thing, not the wrong thing. You want to quit exactly. in the short things that don't work. But the long, you know, never want to quit on your vision. You never want to quit on your dream to like be yeah. successful. But along the way, you're going to have to quit a lot of different things in order to get to where you want to get to because that's mm-hmm. how you learn the most. So now seeing where you are and where your business is at in your environment, right? Because the environment, I know that's a big thing that we were also talking about. How is that looking now for you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely I'm, I'm gonna, making a shift, like for sure. Uh, getting more clear on like what I want, where I want to take the company. And it, it's not like I have some huge enterprise right now or not yet at least. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I mean, I'm getting the process of like understanding I'm in a pivot and I'm going to do the pivot strategically to where I don't shut off all my active income from buying properties. But at the same time, I'm going to give myself enough time every day to like start acquiring more assets that I'm going to own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then hopefully in the next, I would say 12 to 18 months, I could be full time into like commercial stuff, whether that's multifamily or repositioning other buildings. But so also I, I I'm changing my strategies too. I'm staying really liquid right now. I don't want to put my money on the street unless I'm going to make a ton and I'm just trying to be really strategic and save a lot of cash and stay liquid. Um, but I'm definitely in the middle of making a pivot within my own business. I thought I wanted something like a scalable wholesale operation. There's nothing wrong with it. I think it's a great business model. But just for me, it wasn't, it wasn't really going to get me where I wanted to get to. Um, so I decided to kind of rip the, rip the paper on that and, and kind of pivot to an, another direction. And I have no problem doing like one to two good deals a month and making like substantial profits and having more time to, to build other you know, parts of the real estate mm-hmm. business. So that's, awesome. that's kind of where I'm at, ready to, for, for a change. You know, I'm not, yeah. I, I, what got me here is not going to get me there. So I need to understand mm-hmm. that. And I need to understand that I'm going to have to go through a little bit of another learning curve again, like I did on some other things I've done. And I'll learn some new skills like raising capital and getting good at that and getting at finding bigger deals to buy. Um, so I'm ready for the challenge. I think uh, I, I got into a little pickle this year. I hit my goals too early. Like I would say too early. I, I did. And uh, I kind of got stagnant and, and I just didn't really have a lot of direction for a couple months. And I was just kind of fooling around out in California. Hmm. So um, I think I definitely um, learned a good lesson from that. Like work really hard, but make sure like when you're setting your goals, you know, when you hit them, you have other goals to keep going towards because when you hit this sort of wall, it's not a very cool feeling once you're done hitting your original goals. So mm-hmm. definitely ready for 2019, ready to change the business. And, nice. and keep going. I'm excited for you. Absolutely. Great. Well, you know what? I do want to thank you. I want to thank you so, so much for taking the time out of your schedule. I did want to ask, what is a book that made a great impact on you that you would like to recommend to the audience? Oh, man. Oh, there's, can I give a few out? I, I can't just give one out. There's, yeah. It's like amazing. So there's, and these are 
two, I'll give a few out. So the first one, if you haven't read it, it's called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. It's just all about making good choices and how your choices lead to habits and how your habits lead to momentum and how momentum is everything. And then also your associations. It's just about kind of being aware of what you do on a day-to-day basis. That book changed my life. I've probably read that one, you know, 20 times. And just, I study the good books because uh, they're just so uh-huh. powerful. Another book okay. is called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F Word. Um, <laughs> that's a really good book. Yes. It's popular, but if you read that book and actually like, comprehend what it says and listen to it and read it over and over and over again. It'll really help you out in anything in your life. It doesn't have to be business or whatever. It's just, that's a really good book. And then the third book, I would say, depending on what you're doing, there's a book called Principles by Ray Dalio. That book changed my life. I read it last year and just the whole book is brilliant. Uh, there's three parts in the book, his biography, life principles and work principles. I recommend really studying on the, studying the life principles part. It's like three books in one. Those are three books. I mean, I think those are pretty universal. Like if you read those three books and like apply and, and study them, you will see a substantial increase in your life as long as you, you know, you're persistent and you're consistent. Exactly. Those three books are, are super powerful. The thing I look for when I read or listen, I, I do a lot of listening to audiobooks, podcasts. I'm just always mm-hmm. trying to get my ears and eyes into something and because you never know what you're going to listen to or read that's going to, you're going to apply that's going to make you a million bucks, right? Like there's always mm-hmm. so much, or who you're going to talk to or one conversation with one guy. I had a conversation, it's funny, I had a conversation with one of my friends this year. He told me one strategy that I implemented in my mm-hmm. business and it has made me, uh, it's made our business insanely profitable. Just one thing, just one con- I decided to DM the guy, get on the phone with him, ask him three questions. He told me the answers and I applied it and it just blew the business up. So you never want to wow. underestimate the power of one little piece of information applied. Um, so really with that, I, I try to funnel all the information down and, and find the stuff. And I also look for themes. So, you know, I look for, I read stuff and listen to stuff and talk to people. And I try to find like common denominators. What's like a common theme here? I've heard this concept three times in three books from three credible people. This has got to be something that's valuable. I love it. Thank you so much for all your nuggets of information today. For the listeners, if you did want to get in contact with Greg, you can reach him at his email, which is greg at velocityhousebuyers.com. And you can also look him up through his website, which is velocityhousebuyers.com. And that's all for today. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast, Greg. And thank you all for listening. Until next time. That concludes this episode. If you enjoyed it, feel inspired, and would like to hear more, please subscribe to the Relentless Minds podcast via the link in the show notes or visit LoriJimenez.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.